The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. The Reality Is is brought to you by these sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The reality is, 
episodes. So I don't know why I'm introducing it like that. Anyway, it's just me alone. I was hoping to get Arthi on the episode, but schedules, am I right? Um, before we get started, I just want to do one quick thing. We do have a fundraiser right now on our Instagram, which you can go to at the reality is pod. And, um, it is for sister song. I realized that I posted links on the last episode description to donate to reproductive rights organizations. For some reason, those links aren't working. Um, I'm also, if you want to just DM me or send me a tweet, um, a message on Twitter, I will share those links there as well. So, uh, but if you can't, if you, if you just want a quick way to donate, um, you can go to our Instagram. We have a fundraiser going right now for an organization called Sister Song. They are a collective of women of color who work towards reproductive justice as I discussed last time, if and when Roe is overturned, women of color will be the most greatly impacted. So we want to try to promote organizations that work specifically towards those marginalized people who will be most affected. So um, that was it. That was the only follow-up from last week, I think. I may have said something else last week or on Wednesday that was probably wrong, but hey, I make mistakes and I'm not a professional. Anyway, um, today we're talking about Summer House and the Real Houses of New Jersey Reunion Part 1. Um, let's talk about Summer House first. Summer House, it was the finale and, of course, the wedding that we've been waiting for. I mean, who was waiting for it? But we open up on back on the prom where Kyle and Amanda are fighting about the prenup while Sierra and Paige obviously listen in. Um, Sierra says, Sierra and Paige say to each other, look, if there's a history of infidelity, you should probably have a peanut, prenup, a peanut, a peanut. Um, you would probably need about a peanut sized brain to figure out that you should get a prenup. But anyway, um, I agree. I agree with that. Also, you should, uh, probably go to get a prenup if you have a trust fund from your grandfather, Amanda, or as Kyle says, Amana. And um, you should get a prenup if your husband has tons of debt, Amanda. Um, Anyway, Kyle storms off and Amanda continues to drink. (laughs) This is one moment in time I have to say that I was like, you know what, Kyle might be a good husband because he does this thing that is like such a husband move. He he storms off. He goes, he does like a full, like a a lap. He like... (laughs) storms into the yard he like does a lap around the pool or something and then he comes right back in and he's like listen I don't want to fight <laughs> it's like such a husband move it's, <laughs> it's like you brought up stuff at the wrong time you knew that you were probably wrong you took a walk you came back and you apologized or I don't know if you apologized but he said he didn't want to fight and it's like Amanda says like I mean like, maybe, like, let's not bring it up then. Why did you bring it up in the first place if you didn't want to fight, you dub shit? And Kyle walks away and he says, let's just, like, get married and, like, never. And Amanda says, yeah, never get divorced. Yeah, that's a great plan. And I'm like, oh, that's not a good plan. Anyway, um, the party's going on. It's party, party, party. And- Andrea does a lot of shouting. The guys from Watch Crappens do, like, a hilarious Andrea and I can't not hear um, the insult comic dog. I can't even remember his name anymore. God, I suck. From from Conan? Anyway, everyone's screaming it at me. But it sounds like him. It sounds like Opera Man, Adam Sandler's character from SNL years ago. It also sounds like um, 
it sounds like if you ever watch any of the Hotel Transylvania movies, if you have children, I've watched all of them a million times. It sounds just like that. It's so funny. Anyway, everyone's partying. Um, Paige is walking to somewhere and Lindsay stops her and forces her to have this conversation where she's, Lindsay's pretty much drunk. Um, and they talk about how cute it is that Craig surprised her. Lindsay says she wants those sweet butterfly feelings and she wants that in a guy. And, you know, she's like just trying to find it where she can. And Paige is like, yeah, girl, like I totally get it. Like we're just trying. We're just trying. Like, you know, I totally get it. Like Paige, you're such a goddamn liar. Um, and then they hug. They say, I love you. Paige is like, you don't have to settle. I can't wait to meet whoever makes you feel the way I feel. And like Lindsay <laughs> – Lindsay says it comes down to Carl and Austin. And I'm like, <laughs> Lindsay, you just said you didn't want to settle. Why is Austin even in this discussion? Anyway, Paige is a phony. Um, they're just, uh, they have this like moment where Craig and Paige are like just snuggling and talking about how cute it is that Craig surprised her. And Paige is like, oh my God, you're such a good liar. I love it. Thanks for lying to me. So creepy. Um, I do also want to point out that Carl at one point <laughs> tells Craig he looks great, by the way. Um, Alex, ja, God damn it. That guy has no game at all. He asks Sierra, who's a better kisser, me or Carl? And Sierra says, uh, I don't know. I forgot. Maybe we need to do it again. And then, of course, like Alex does absolutely nothing um, until much later in the night. <laughs> when Sierra it's actually suggested to Alex by like Carl to make out with Sierra and then when he does it he tells her that she tastes like pizza I'm like, Alex Alex you are the Honda Civic of game okay that's what you are if you don't know what I'm talking about please go watch the summer house reunion preview um there's like a moment with Danielle and Robert where like <laughs> They assume that everybody's really invested in their relationship. It's just like, oh, we're going to Charleston. I'm like, okay, tell us what spinoff you're going to be part of. Because I hear that Leva from Southern Charm is maybe doing like a Vanderpump style spinoff because she has restaurants in Charleston. So I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. But okay, good to know that Danielle is going to Charleston. Um, Everybody's just party, 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 pool, pool, pool. And then the night winds down everyone goes to bed and makes out with their dates and Lindsay tiptoes into Carl's room to give him a little hugsy wugsy and the night's lights go out and I guess she sleeps there and then tiptoes back into her room the next morning but it is true that it was only hugsy wugsies with hubsy wubsy that day and that's it um everybody's having like sober conversations Kyle and Amanda do another reset that we see them do every other week um, and of course, we find out that they literally haven't done anything. It's just, it's been three years that they've been planning a wedding, and three weeks before the wedding, they haven't done anything. Uh, everybody says goodbye to the house, and we are now heading into the wedding. Back in the city, um, we're now 16 days away from the wedding. Amanda and Kyle have finally figured out flowers, which I believe was like their one job. It was their one task. They finally figured it out. <laughs> this is like, this is probably the funniest thing I've seen on Summer House in so long. It's like, it's like the, the, the roller coaster of their actual relationship. It's like, 
everything's going so well some things are just meant to be yay flowers rachel you're the best you're the best florist we've ever seen later that day (laughs) kyle gets covid and then the next day amanda has covid and it's just like iphone footage of amanda and kyle sobbing about how much they have to do and like honestly i just i was laughing i was like this has to be funny like nobody was watching this and feeling for them right like i don't feel bad for them i don't feel bad for them one bit like maybe that makes me a bad person but i don't feel bad for these two idiots who have been again planning a wedding for three years and waited the last three weeks to do anything anyway we then fast forward to the wedding day in somerset new jersey okay i just i want to take a moment to point out that I know people think of New Jersey as like the shore and like Newark, but like this is why we are called the Garden State. Like this is what it looks like outside of those areas if you leave. I mean, even the shore is actually quite beautiful. Like maybe not Point Pleasant where you guys have seen the Jersey Shore, but like it's actually really nice. And this is why we call it the Garden State because look at the lush greenery. It was stunning. Um, anyway, turns out that things got done in the last five days and I have said it before and I'll say it again. These two thrive in chaos. Like their love language is chaos. Chaos is their love language. Um, the day of the wedding comes, Amanda is getting her makeup done and Paige is helping her plagiarize her wedding vows. (laughs) Like they're not even hiding it. I mean, it's like, I really like, Paige is like, I really like this thing I heard at another wedding. <laughs> Craig, what was that thing they said at the other wedding? She's like, oh, okay, we found it. They look it up and it's like, oh, we were all, everybody's plagiarizing off the same website for your wedding vows. You know, if you have to plagiarize your wedding vows, like maybe just go with the standard. Like you don't have to do individual wedding vows because if it's not coming from the heart, mama, don't do it um carl is the efficient he looks great by the way um and amanda looks like just stunning i mean she is so stunning she's annoying she whines a lot she cries a lot she's chaotic she gives me very lazy vibes but she's without a doubt so stunning her dad is super cute um amanda and kyle do like a first look and I just love that we're all pretending like these two are a good match. But at the same time, I'm ready to pretend because I was crying. I was crying. And I I do feel like Kyle is always a little bit drunk, which is why he calls Amanda Amanda instead of Amanda. Because (laughs) either he's always on the verge of tears or he's always crying or he's always drunk. Or it's a mixture of both. Because that's how he, like, needs to get through whatever this relationship is. But anyway, it is beautiful. They look really, really good. Um, Everything is just, like, just so stunning. It really is picture perfect. And um, Lindsay, the guests are to arrive. Lindsay tells us that Carl is her date and she truly doesn't give a shit about Austin. Sierra also tells us that she doesn't give a shit about Austin, but also purposefully looked really hot specifically to upset him. Austin the whole time (laughs) he looks like a a disgruntled octopus like that is the best way I know that he's a Muppet mouth and all that but the best way to describe him would be a disgruntled octopus the whole time um the ceremony starts and you guys (laughs) this is so pathetic to admit I had full body goosebumps like full body goosebumps and it made me realize like 
we really are conditioned to fuck with weddings you guys because like my logical brain was like what the fuck is this like these two shouldn't be getting married but the muscle memory of my conditioning is so strong like the world has conditioned me so hard that weddings are amazing that my body had like a full goosebump this is a fairy tale reaction and I think I might need to add that to my list of things to discuss at therapy um Carl is just so damn cute up there he asks if anybody objects to this wedding and I feel like I feel like if I just like really really paid attention I think I heard the entire country shout I object at their televisions but anyway at the actual ceremony everyone is silent but then they do cut to the cast confessionals and they're all are like yeah Kyle and Amanda are a mess but they're cute <laughs> like okay glad we're all on the same page I'm glad it's not just something that we all get on camera you know it's not just like the way it's edited like everybody who's actually been with these people in real life also recognize that Kyle and Amanda are disasters but there's something that works so we'll let them figure it out um they have their vows which are actually really nice um I learned two things I learned that Amanda did um probably slide into Kyle's DMs on Instagram um which adds to my thought that Amanda really wanted to date a man on TV that okay and um the other thing I found out is that Kyle has a mascara fetish fetish which I had never heard before but I am going to ask my husband about it he doesn't notice when I wear makeup so I feel like he doesn't have a mascara fetish but then I was like what does he have a fetish of what if he has a weird fetish I didn't get personalized but we didn't do personalized files at our wedding because um, there's a lot of prayers and stuff during Muslim weddings, so I just, we didn't do that. And he's not a public speaker. I would have loved to talk off the cuff about my husband, but it would have probably been inappropriate. But I would love to know what kind of weird fetish he would put in there, um, somebody would put in there about mascara or something else. Anyway, afterwards, everyone is socializing during cocktail hour. Carl and Lindsay are about to have like a really cute moment and I just love that Austin tried to like weasel his way in and Lindsay literally tells him to scram. She's like, scram, get out of here. I just, I love her so much. I love that she shoots her shot with Carl and like truly, truly guys, you could replace my face with Lindsay's face and my husband's face with Carl's face and maybe change the height and the body types and that is an exact conversation I had with my husband in 2009. And we are happily married now for almost 11 years. I'm not saying that that's going to happen with Carl and Lindsay, but I do understand the dynamic of being best friends and being with each other. And I will say in my early 20s, late teens, there was an Austin type man in my life who was also my quote unquote best friends, but like a certified fuckboy. And I'm just glad that Lindsay is choosing to be with like the sober guy. Um, Speak of sobriety, Carl does tell Lindsay that he's going to wait until his one-year mark of sobriety, which is really important, and Lindsay respects it. And, like, Lindsay three years ago would have never waited for anyone. I mean, Lindsay even a year ago would have never waited for anyone. But she's choosing to take it slow with Carl and, like, respects it. Oh, you like me, but I'm going to I'm gonna hold out for you. And I just – I think that that – kind of tells me that things are good between them um and that maybe it is real anyway um the reception happens and bango bango we're done it looks like a great wedding donna uh amanda's mom seems drunk off her rocker she's screaming from the audience i love it 
And um, I just, I was really happy for all these crazy kids. I was. Um, the reunion preview is there and it just shows the biggest thing I noticed was that it's a curmudgeonly Paige who is just like so miserable. And I still strongly believe that Paige really thought that she was like the MVP of Bravo couples. Like she really thought that she was going to be like so beloved because she's dating the guy who wins all of the judgy girl polls and like her bubble burst because Craig is actually the most beloved person on Bravo and a hot mess like Lindsay is with him. And I think it does grind her gear that did I say Craig is the most beloved person? I meant Carl. Carl is the most beloved person on Bravo and it drives her crazy that Lindsay is with him, especially because Paige did have a chance with Carl. And I do think that she is petty enough to be somebody who is like, oh, well, I couldn't be the one to rehab him or I couldn't be the one to be with the, you know, I I didn't get the good version of Carl. I got the shitty fuckboy version of Carl. Um, But now she's got Craig. So like, enjoy that. Enjoy the white supremacy. Um, Speaking of bursting bubbles, let's talk about New Jersey, obviously. Hello. Hello. That's how Teresa says hello. Um, Reunion part one. I mean, guys, I remembered suddenly why we hated Teresa back in the day. Like, I've watched older episodes for the Patreon and I've watched her in other, you know, like, girls uh, ultimate girls trip and all that and I was like man people really gave Teresa a hard time like she you know she deserves better and blah 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 and all those things and it's like I suddenly remembered why I hated Teresa back then it's because Teresa might not be wrong about some things but she is such an absolute monster when she can she's such an absolute monster that she's indefensible you know it's like the heat that Candace gets that's the heat that I feel like people should be putting on Teresa, which obviously we know Andy doesn't because Andy loves that Teresa's a violent maniac. Um, but Teresa also is an absolute monster when she's able to hide behind a man because there's nothing that fuels misogyny like getting gassed up by a toxic man. And that is why Teresa has, you know, is her thumping her chest and speaking out is because she doesn't have to hide behind anything. And in the future, if it does come out that Louis is a psychopath and they do end up breaking up, I've said it before and I'll say it again, she'll never actually admit that until she is ready to go to another man. She never admitted the stuff about Joe Judice until she felt like she was like in the clear. You know, she was fully rid of him and she could move on to something else. But she won't do that with Louis until she's ready to, like, move on to another phase where she's protected by another man. And it makes me sad for her, but I also get it because, like, that's just, that's, like, old school misogynist ways. It's just, like, a traditional conservative way of looking at things. And it's not something I agree with and it's not something I would ever do for myself. But because I have seen good people think that way, I kind of get it. Not saying that Teresa is an actual good person, but I understand the thought process behind it. Um, I want to note that this, the set is a disaster. Okay, I don't understand this new th- trend that Bravo has of like, let's make a set of a thing that happened in one episode. Like, just sit in a fucking room. Why can't I would honestly, honestly, I would much rather sit in that weird <laughs> blue room under fluorescent lights that they had in the very first season reunion. I would much rather have that at this point than whatever this is. Like, I mean, 
I don't think it's a green set. Like, I don't think that they're using, like, the best, like, green tech to, like, make sure that the, you know, that this set is, like, reusable. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it is going to be used at some point. Who knows when? But it just feels like this seems like a waste of resources. And I feel like there's so much plastic and junk. It's like you could probably blame Bravo for burning up the ozone layer. Speaking of burning up, um, you could also blame Teresa's dress for possibly burning up the ozone layer. Do you remember the 90s? This is a thing maybe hopefully kids don't do anymore. But when we were younger, we used to do this thing where you would lose like a magnifying glass or like a mirror and the sunlight to like burn ants like you always have like a neighborhood psychopath who used to do that um I feel like Teresa's dress is doing that to her brain I feel like it is literally setting her brain on fire I also think that Teresa's dress is the reason why the lights went out later like something malfunctioned there was too much reflection something broke and something caught on fire and that is why the lights went out um Anyway, we get right into it. We do the high, high, highs. Everybody looks great. Blah, blah, blah. Teresa's apparently had an appendectomy. She's not allowed to scream, but you can't. A zebra doesn't change its stripes. Is that what a thing? Spots? A cheetah? A dog? I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. Um, They get into the very first discussion, which is essentially, is Dolores a good friend? You know, in context of like, is she good to Jennifer? Was she good to Jackie? Blah, 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 all this stuff. And the thing is, Dolores is a good friend, but one, you can't be this person on a reality show, but two, you also can't be this person around people who are this stupid. You can't be the middleman. You cannot be Switzerland in these situations because these women will constantly use Switzerland's words to gas themselves up. If you agree with Teresa and say, but, she'll only remember the agreement. If you agree with Margaret and say, but, I also think blah, 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 Margaret will use the, uh, you know, the words, the negative words that you said about that person and like drag you through the mud. Actually, no, I'd say it's the opposite. I'd say Teresa and Jennifer are more likely to do that than Margaret. But I just don't think that like Dolores is a kind of person that, could survive in this situation because you, you got to read your room, Dolores. Like, these are not smart people. These are people who are waiting to use your words in a negative way. Like, and I get that Dolores has a long history with a lot of these people off camera and everything like that, but ultimately, that doesn't really help her. And she ends up looking like a shit talker because she has everybody's back. Um, They do have this, like, discussion of, like, who could kick whose ass like who who's scary in a dark alley and I was like it was like a weird thing because Teresa really wanted to win she really wanted to be the the bitch who could fuck somebody up and I'm like I believe it I it's weird it's like Dolores I know was a correctional officer and Teresa was in prison so it's like who's more of a bad bitch the person who went to jail or the person who was running jail you know um the women tell Jennifer, we talk about this like Jennifer Bill thing and everybody's screaming at Jennifer that like, oh, if you were really happy, then what Marge d- did is like not a big deal. And like, I, we've talked about this at ad nauseum, but it's just something I'll never agree with. Like they don't see, they are women who are saying, Jennifer, you can't get this upset if you're actually happy in your marriage. And at the same time, they're saying Jackie is in her right to get upset about a rumor. A rumor. Okay. 
here's the thing. Jackie is okay to get upset about the rumor and Jennifer is okay to be upset about the past. These are human beings. Like it's absolutely insane. People are allowed to process actions in whatever way they want. Like Teresa, don't do a hateful, spiteful thing to Jackie and then get upset about her reaction. And I get upset that people think that it's not nice that you did that. Own it. Own that you were not nice. Similarly, Margaret, don't do a nasty thing and then get upset because Jennifer has a reaction and people think that it makes you look bad. Own it. Now, do I think that Dolores told Jennifer not to cry because she thinks that it'll make Margaret look bad? No, I think that is Jennifer having a private experience. That is, that's idiotic. Um, they talk about this comment about sticking your dick in someone. I don't think it's a big deal. I did understand what Jennifer was saying. Like, my kids are going to see that and they're not going to like that. Fine. But then Jackie says something which is ridiculous. She says, you can't say cunt and talk about your own vagina and how it tastes like pineapples and then also be upset about the word dick. And they're like, no, that." If Teresa talks about, look, is it wrong that Teresa calls people cunts? Yes. But Teresa talks about her own vagina tasting like pineapples. That's okay. But Jackie, you're talking about somebody's husband's dick. It's not, you can't compare the two things, guys. It's two different things. I mean, it's just like, Jackie, you're smarter than that. You can't compare those two things. But also, I think she recognizes that they're, these women are just like dumb enough to take the bait. Maybe. I don't know. Um, this thing about digging around about Evan is brought up for reasons I do not understand and I do not care about. I don't understand it. And the more it's brought up, the more I feel like it actually did happen. So that's my two cents on that. I really don't want them to bring it up again unless somebody can come on camera and bring me proof that Evan is a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Um, then we get into Louie and Teresa. Okay, Teresa talks about how she loves him. He's like, Oprah, Joe Judice is a caveman, blah, 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 all this stuff. <sighs> Teresa says the girls love Louis. I'm still 100% sure that Mel- Melania does not. Um, they talk about the prenups again. I just, I hope Andy sits down with Teresa and explains to her what actually a prenup entails. Because somebody on Facebook, um, I think it's in the Watch What Crappens Facebook group, but somebody did this brilliant thing where they looked up um, the stock value of Louis's old company. So when Louis decided to come on the show, decided dating Teresa, his stocks were selling, like for his company, were like 20 bucks per stock. And now it's dropped to like $2. But also, ter- Louis's his name has been removed from this organization. So like, Louis because was potentially on the brink of financial ruin he decided to become uh in in a relationship he decided to get into a relationship with a reality tv star a famously stupid reality tv star who star who is obsessed with the idea of love and now he's trying to get his money back elsewhere i mean god i hope Teresa gets a prenup because jesus christ um they talk about the engagement party. Finds turns out that Dolores was not invited. They use these other reasons, like it's because Dolores was a single person, so they didn't invite her. But the rumor is on the internet that the reason why Dolores was not invited is because Dina, Dina Manzo, I guess I don't know what Dina's new last name is, but Dina is best, 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 best friends with Teresa. 
apparently Dean and Dolores do not get along because Dolores is obviously super close to Caroline and Jacqueline or was, I don't know. But as a result of that, that is why Dina made sure, or that is why Dolores made sure, that is why Teresa made sure that Dolores was not invited so as not to upset her actual real life best friend. Um, Now we get into this bridesmaids discussion and Melissa says that she's sad. I'm 36, almost 37 years old. If I was asked to be a bridesmaid in somebody's wedding, I would politely decline. I would never want to be a bridesmaid in anyone's wedding ever again in my life. Did I mind it at the time? No. But I've got two kids. I've got a job. Do you know how much stress it is to be a bridesmaid? You have to plan like bachelorette parties. You got to do the bridal shower. It's a lot of, it's also like very expensive it's a lot of pressure. You have to like basically be at the beck and call of the bride. I mean, luckily my friends who whose wedding I were I was in were lovely. So it's different. But if I don't like my sister-in-law and I don't even like to like communicate with her and I know that she's a maniac and I disagree with her and everything, why would I ever want to be her bridesmaid? Melissa, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, to me, it just seems like Melissa's actually really upset that she gets less camera time whenever Teresa's wedding spinoff show, whatever happens. But she says that she was so good to Teresa's parents and therefore she should be a bridesmaid. Like, I, that, Melissa, you treating your in-laws well is not a guarantee then that you're going to be in your sister-in-law's wedding. Those two things have nothing to do with each other. They have literally nothing to do with each other. Now, she is mad about where they were seated during the engagement party, which I think is is legit. Like, I think it is legitimate that Teresa is, Melissa is upset that her, Teresa's one brother was not seated where, um, you know, where the rest of, the, I guess, where Louie and Teresa were at the engagement party. I understand that. That is, I think, a legitimate thing to be upset about, but... I might want to remind you that Melissa also famously didn't have Teresa sitting with her and Joe at the christening, at the christening. She did not do that, which is a point of contention with Teresa. Anyway, Teresa is also like, while trying to have a conversation with Melissa, losing her mind at March. And I want to tape, like, put a, put a, a paperclip on that, a little post-it on it. We'll come back to that moment in just a second. Anyway, Teresa brings up a thing as ridiculous as sprinkle cookies about Melissa. She says she says she was a bridesmaid at Melissa's wedding, but she was nine months pregnant or seven months pregnant or something. And Melissa's like, well, what was I supposed to do? Like not have my wedding? And Teresa says, yeah, well, you could have a cool sister-in-law would have not, you know, pushed a wedding after the baby so that your sister-in-law could party with you. Teresa says these things with so much confidence and like, I don't know, that you almost, you almost, you got to respect it just like a little bit. It is, it is hilarious the amount of like confidence she has in her delusions. (laughs) This is why like you can't, you can't talk to this moron. You can't explain anything to her. Anyway, Joe Gorga enters the stage and I do have to say that Joe Gorga does a really, really, really nice job of like calmly explaining to his sister two things. I love you. I'm not going to fight with you. I also understand why my wife is upset and I do think that it's messed up, but I'm not mad at you. I love you. 
I'm just saying that my feelings were hurt and I'm disappointed in you. And I think that that was really nice. But then, you know, Joe Gorga, uh, he loses me. Okay, he loses me because like all of this stuff comes up about like the show from the from the beginning. Well, actually, this is where Teresa lost me. So Teresa then basically brings up, I think, something that she's probably been. Have you been listening to our podcast? A lot of people have been talking about, right? Is like everybody knows that Melissa and Joe got in this show fueled by their rate their feud with their sister-in-law Teresa if Teresa was never on Real Housewives of New Jersey Joe and Melissa would never be on Real Housewives of New Jersey we know that so Teresa brings that up she also brings up that Joe oh Teresa brings this up in this context Melissa is saying you were you were now so close with Louis' sisters who you've barely known for a year and Teresa says yeah well you were close with Jacqueline and and uh Caroline and you barely knew them which I actually think is a legitimate point it's just again um not quite the same thing like I that was them on a show which I guess has its own issues but also this is your wedding I mean it's I get how in Teresa's mind it's a similar comparison but it's just it's not quite apples to apples but because she brings up stuff from the past, it makes Melissa, it makes Teresa look like a crazy person. She looks like she sounds like a petty psychopath when she does stuff like that. Um, anyway, Jennifer calmly explains that it's actually about Margaret. Like it's actually about Melissa's loyalty to Margaret. And then they just talk about who's got whose back. I got my back. You got your back. I don't have your back. Nobody has anybody's back. And then they ask Teresa, well, when have you ever had Melissa's back? And Teresa tells the producers to roll the tape. And much like the lights in Teresa's brain, everything goes off on set. It's dim. It is dark. This is what happens in Teresa's brain when she has to think about something. Um, They come back and somehow Marge and Jennifer start bickering. It's like, it's very interesting. Um, Melissa and Margaret are exactly the same as Jennifer and Teresa. And I would say in previous seasons, Melissa and Jackie were the same as Jennifer and Teresa, right? Like they found their little newbie little sister. It's like little and big and like sororities, I guess. I wouldn't know. I wasn't ever part of that stuff. But I've watched enough um, rom-coms and teen shows from the 2000s to understand a little bit. But it's a lot like that. It's like that kind of like a I'm going to have your back because, you know, um, you're an, a so, pseudo OG and I'm, a, I'm still considered a newbie on the show. So I'm going to have your back as you navigate this reality TV thing. But anyway, um, Margaret and Jennifer start going on it. And then Margaret calls Jennifer a pothead like it's an insult. <laughs> Margaret, have you looked into Andy Cohen's eyes lately? <laughs> it's not an insult. It's fine. Honestly, Jennifer has a million kids. <laughs> She's a million kids. <laughs> I've got two. And I like to get a little bit high sometimes. <laughs> Surprised she's not doing more drugs. Anyway, they cut to this like Gia and Joe Gorga feud. And like I said, the very first episode of the season, I will say it again. There's no reason for you to have to respect your relative if they are disrespectful to your parent. There's none. And you can politely tell your parent when they're wrong, but when it comes to the relative who's disrespecting your parent, 
you can you can cut them off and it's fine and if you're interested about what our thoughts were on Gia and Joe, you can go back to the episode where we discussed it. Um, Teresa says that, you know, um, basically that Joe is too involved. And this really ticks Joe off. Like, you could say whatever you want about Joe Gorga. You could sit him at a different table at the engagement party. You could make his wife not a bridesmaid. But don't you dare, dare compare him to a woman oh my god don't compare him to a woman no that really sets joe gorga off i mean Teresa's not wrong when she says joe gorga is too involved in women's business and all this is happening because i guess they're talking about what jennifer said about joe obviously it's about defending your family they are upset that Teresa doesn't defend joe against jennifer and Teresa says look i did tell jennifer she needs to make that right herself Teresa says, well, Melissa, you don't defend Louie or me in front of Margaret. But that's not true because we actually have seen Melissa calmly explain that to Margaret, right? Um, But all this stuff happens. They bring up the shore house thing and all this stuff. And Joe Gorga does this thing where <laughs> she he puts it on Jennifer and then he pantomimes slapping her, which later Jennifer says, you just air slapped me. <laughs> You guys, I love Jennifer Aiden. I went from hating her to absolutely thinking she's one of the funniest fucking people on Bravo. She's so funny. She drives me nuts, but she's hilarious to me. Anyway, it's weird. It's so misogynistic. Like, it's just a, it's a mess. Like, I can't believe that you would be okay with that, Margaret. You're such a big thing on, like, oh, abusive men and da, da, da. Like, what are you talking about? You start talking about the bitch boy comment. Apparently, there's a spectrum of bitch boy. I mean, Bill Aiden is kind of a bitch boy, but not really. But Joe Gorga is a major bitch boy because he gets involved in women's business. And somehow, between all that, Joe Gorga defines some bizarre way of what makes a man. He says something along the lines of, Man, wake up early. Build house. Love wife. And then he pounds his chest. (laughs) What is happening? Bill is an immigrant who went to med school, made a lot of money, and his wife and a million kids are all taken care of and his wife's family. What are you talking about, Joe? We talking about waking up in the morning, waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things, like how I'm going to build this house and fuck my wife later. Like, what are you talking about, Joe? <laughs> it's so bizarre. And I said this thing about putting a post-it on Margaret and, and Teresa losing it with Margaret. Teresa is actually mad at Melissa. She's the person that she's mostly mad at. But it's easier for her to misdirect a majority of her rage. Now, Melissa does get some rage. Joe does get some rage. But she's, it's easier for her to misdirect a majority of it towards Margaret because it's too hurtful for her to think about Joe and Melissa behaving the way they behave in whatever, however you want to interpret it, but behaving in a way that hurts Teresa on their own Teresa believes that they must have been they must have been influenced by Margaret Ooh, evil Margaret and similarly Joe Gorga it's too hurtful for him to think that his sister alone would behave the way she behaves in a way to hurt him on her own it's easier for him to say oh it was Joe Judice that convinced her to treat us this way it's oh it's Jennifer horrible Jennifer that convinced my sister to treat us this way. And it's easier for both of these siblings to focus on 
people next to their family members than actually deal with the fact that they themselves have issues. It's easier. And that's why Teresa loses her mind at Margaret and cusses her out. And that's why Joe Gorga loses his mind at Jennifer and cusses her out. It's the same. It, that's because they're both idiots. The Gorgas are the dumbest people on television. Um, anyway, nothing upsets Joe Gorga more than being called a female adjacent. And he says he quits the show. And <laughs> when he quits, Teresa says, you can't quit your wife, son. And, you know, Melissa's like, yeah, hello. <laughs> How are we going to pay for that house that you're saying you're building me by the summer? Ooh. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's where it ends. And, like, you know, is the sky blue? Is grass green? Does Joe Judice love the show probably more than his own uh, wife? Yeah, of course. Did I say Joe Judice? I meant Joe Gorga. Guys, listen. Listen. I'm tired, okay? I'm still coming off of fasting. There's so much chatter. There's so much yelling. It's a lot of just, like, you don't have my back. I got your back. Let's let's scratch each other's back. Loyalty, loyalty. Everybody wants blind loyalty. And you know what? Honestly, in all this, the only person I really think is, like, <laughs> winning is Jennifer Aiden. She's there with her crazy makeup, her crazy dress, and she's trying to stay in the positive as much as possible. But people, they want to drag her down in the gutter. And she's just, she's always so, Jennifer does amazing at reunions. But yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. Um, again, like I said, the links are all over for where you can donate. Please, 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 please do. Um, and again, as always, I hope that this reunion uh, or this recap of these two shows brought you some level of joy that uh, perhaps you really need right now in the world. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.